Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. Hey, what's up, everybody? Marty here with the Golf Strategy School podcast, and I just wanted to kind of let everybody know what's been going on a little bit. Uh, obviously, there's been a, a bit of a gap in episodes, and it's actually because I was having some heart issues. Uh, those of you who have been listening to the podcast for a long time know that I got into golf because I had an open heart surgery when I was 12 years old, and I always used to kind of make the joke like, oh, yeah, it's been, you know, 25 years since I've, you know, I've had to have a surgery or anything wrong or, you know, let's keep that streak going. And unfortunately, you know, I, I had some some cardiac issues over the last couple of weeks and it was, well, atrial tachycardia for all the doctors in the house, but my heart was kind of fluttering it was beating extremely quickly and it didn't matter like rest went to the doctor medicine nothing was calming it down and so they ended up having to do a procedure to kind of shock my heart and get it to reestablish rhythm uh the reason i didn't do any episodes in that period is because honestly like i didn't have the breath to hosting a podcast where you have to constantly talk and keep a continuous <laughs> string of words going it was daunting. I mean, it would have sounded like this. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Golf Strategy School podcast. <laughs> Today's episode is going to be about how to putt better. <laughs> and let's be honest, no one wants to listen to that. I mean, I could edit it and make the audio version good enough, but it wouldn't do justice for YouTube. So that's why I've been gone for a while. But thankfully, everything seems to be kind of trending in the right direction. I have enough heart functionality to actually talk continuously and not worry about sounding winded anymore. So what we're going to talk about today is just like I said, putting. Are you struggling with putting? Because I started out this year just putting terribly. And I want to share with you the two drills that really helped me get over my putting struggles. And this is specifically, I, I was over manipulating the club face when I was putting. So if you've been struggling with putting and you feel like you've been steering your putter and missing right and missing left and things like that, we got a good one for you today. Let's talk about it. All right. So like I said in the intro, looking at, you know, why we might struggle with putting and kind of what we can do to make it better. You know, obviously just like I say for everything else, and I'm sorry to repeat this for the hundred millionth time, but the less variables we have, the less moving pieces, the more consistent we're going to be able to be in terms of what we produce. And if you can consistently produce the same thing, that's really the goal. It doesn't matter if 
you know, you're aiming dead straight and you consistently hit it 10 degrees to the right. If you know that you consistently hit it 10 degrees to the right, and it is 10 degrees to the right, absolutely every single time, no matter what, then we just aim 10 degrees left and it's not a problem. But my issue and what I was struggling with was that I was trying to steer the ball towards the cup rather than just rolling it. And so what I was doing is I was going through some of, you know, some of the articles that I had saved that I really found useful at different periods and different times. And I came across one that was talking about Aaron Badley. And if you don't know Aaron Badley, he's a PGA Tour player. He's always fairly highly ranked on the money list. And he's also, he's always very highly ranked when it comes to the putting list. And it's because like with a lot of great putters, they have extremely sound fundamental mechanics. And the, the two drills that I wanted to share with you today have to do with kind of refamiliarizing yourself with letting the big muscles do the moving rather than like the quick twitch muscles trying to steer things. So one of them, and again, Aaron Badley has always been very, very high on the putting list. Well, like 2017, 2018, he had kind of an off year, but otherwise outside of that, he's always been like upwards of top 10 in putting. So one of the things that he liked to do was to take his lead hand and just putt with his lead hand. So for right-handed players, our left hand is our lead hand because it's facing the cup. And so what he would do is he would just make these putts on, on the practice green with just his lead hand. And then what he would do is he would allow that lead hand to extend outward toward the cup so he could feel that lack of manipulation. Because if you only have one hand on the club, it's a lot, and, and especially if it's your non-dominant hand, it's a lot harder to manipulate that face and still even hit the ball. So what you're kind of forced to do is to just rock with your shoulders. And then the only difference is, you know, so he's just hitting putts with just his left hand. And the only difference between that and, and what he was doing is just, he's letting that left hand extend toward the cup. That way he didn't feel like he was artificially rotating his hand in like you might feel if both hands were on the club and your, you know, your shoulders stopped moving. Uh, he was just letting that lead hand extend out towards the cup. And for him, that was kind of reaffirming what his left hand should be doing throughout the putting stroke. When we think about the putting stroke, it is more or less just a, like a rocking of the shoulders to get that club to move back and forth. And just like everything else, we just want the ball to get in the way. We don't ever want to have any steering thoughts. You know, we have our target that we've picked out ahead of time and we have changed our stance to align ourselves to attempt to roll the ball over the target. But we don't ever want to feel like we have to manipulate the club head for the ball to reach the target. If that's the case, that means you're not lined up properly. And I think something else, and this is not one of the two things that I wanted to really talk about, but something else that I think a lot of people could improve, uh, and it's a very simple thing to do, is that you know to get that line better, take just like you would on a driving range. If you have an alignment stick or like a a driveway marker, you know, if you live in a snowy area, 
rather than buying alignment sticks, we just buy driveway markers because they're the same same darn thing. They just cost half as much because they don't say golf. <laughs> or you could take a club that you're not using and actually lay it down over your toe line, lay it down like outside or on the inside of your club head, whichever you're more comfortable with, and actually practice, you know, moving that putter straight down that line. Now, there is going to be somewhat of an arc to your putting stroke, but we want it to be kind of as long and as straight as possible. We don't want to be opening and closing that putter with our hands, though. That's really the big thing. And so what I think a lot of people could do, and it takes two extra seconds when you're doing your putting practice, is just throw down that alignment rod and then just practice putting with the alignment rod. It's super duper easy. Or what you do is you create rails with two clubs so that your your club head, your putter head, fits right between those rails. And then you just practice rolling it right out the chute. It's, it's a real basic thing that you can do. But I think if you do that and you pair it with just just that left hand, taking some putting strokes there, it's really going to help anchor your fundamentals in terms of what muscles you need to use to actually get the club consistently moving in the same manner so you can get the same result as often as possible. The next thing that he did is he wanted to kind of refamiliarize himself with what the right hand should be doing in that putting stroke. So again, he had his left hand on the putter, and I actually have my daughter's uh, USA Kids putter here. But he had his, his left hand on the putter, just like we talked about before, and then you know give yourself a good live long and prosper, and then you take that claw, and that's how you hold on with your right hand. So you can feel that the right hand goes with, but you can also feel that if there's any rotational manipulation, you're going to feel it a lot because of how you hold on. And this is, this isn't something I would do on the course. This is just practicing and getting ourselves familiar with what good feels like, you know, so it's kind of like that, uh, that train then trust mentality. So we're, we're training ourselves of what good feels like by, you know, using our live long and prosper and just holding that putter grip with our, our right hand in that live long and prosper kind of claw grip. And then that way, when you actually go to make your putts, if you have any rotational manipulation of that putter, you are going to hugely feel it because it's not somewhere you're used to feeling pressure. You're not used to feeling pressure on the inside of your ring finger and your middle finger. So any type of weird pressure manipulation is going to come through tenfold. And it's going to be something that's really, really easy for you to notice in very, very short order. So these are just two little easy things you can do on the practice green, or if you're practicing at home, if you've got, you know, a nice long putting mat, I don't, um, because my dogs would chase the golf balls and eat them before they got to the, (laughs) to the end anyway, but it's a really good way to just kind of change that feeling a little bit. That makes you kind of hypersensitive to the incorrect motion. And so again, all you're trying to do with that claw grip just replicate that same feeling that you had when you were just your lead hand on the club. And this is something that you can do to really kind of bring you back to basics in putting and, and really help you kind of get back to those fundamentals and make sure that everything is good there 
before you start moving forward and start getting into trying to, you know, am, am I reading greens incorrectly? Am I having issues with touch? You know, if you're having issues reading greens, you're probably also having issues with touch because the speed absolutely 100% always determines the line. But before you get to that point, let's make sure that we're actually getting the ball started in the correct spot. And this is a really good way to familiarize yourself, refamiliarize yourself, hopefully, and make it a lot more kind of not necessarily just calming, but a lot easier to, to kind of replicate without a lot of mental effort. So I want you to use those two drills. I want you to put them into practice. You honestly, you don't even really need to have an actual like cup goal. If you, you know, if you don't have the time to, to practice on a practice screen and you don't have a nice practice mat in your house, you can honestly just practice solid contact on your carpet and, you know, just, just practice hitting that ball in the middle of that putter face with these two different drills and it will help you when you're out on the course. So I hope that works out for you. The question that we have this week for the podcast is, and you can let me know in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube or you can put it in the reviews on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. But the question I have for you is, what is the longest putt that you have ever made? Mine was a crazy situation. I made about a 90-foot putt in front of about 150 people when I was in high school at our state tournament. It was the last hole. I was dead tired. I was playing terrible, and I made this massively long putt for birdie, and it was one of the coolest memories I have ever had on the golf course. And everybody went crazy. You could hear the rumble building up, and then it got really quiet. We, I could hear the ball hit the bottom of the cup, and then everybody cheered. What they didn't know is I needed that 90-plus foot putt for a 98. <laughs> so... I was having my issues that day. They didn't know it. I was appreciative of the cheers. So in the, in the comments, let me know what's the longest putt you've ever made. Until next time, everybody, I'll catch you in the short grass. Cheers. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par4success.com slash Griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.